1: Yes, it is. And welcome back. Tuesday, April 26, 2022. In case you haven't heard, we are having a big election here uh, in November throughout the country. But here in Arizona, races that I think are probably going to be the most covered and uh, the most attention paid to uh, in some of our races, uh, more so than any other one of them is going to be our U.S. Senate uh, race, the effort. Uh, to replace uh, current Senator Mark Kelly. We've had uh, several candidates on the Republican side on the show. We've had Jim Lehman on as well, uh, but I haven't, uh, for whatever scheduling reasons on my end, haven't been able to give him the long-form interview we have with others. Jim Lehman is a candidate for U.S. Senate here. Jim, his last name is spelled L-A-M-O-N, his website, jimlayman.com. Jim, thanks for joining us. Really appreciate it. How you doing, sir? Seth,
2: a pleasure. Great to be uh, back on. You bet. As you said, uh, probably the most important U.S. Senate race in our country to be able to stop this far-left agenda that Mark Kelly and Biden are perpetuating on us.
1: I don't know if we've seen uh, – agreed with you, Jim, there. I agree with you. I don't know if we've seen and if these numbers are even um, going to hold, if I speculate right now, I have heard – that the Democrats, the national democratic apparatus, is rolling up its sleeves to put as much as maybe $100 million into this race to make sure Mark Kelly stays in the Senate. (laughs) If that's anything close to accurate, then, uh, yeah, I think that this – that tells you how much of a threat they think people like you are.
2: Yes, Seth. uh, They've begun spending money, of course, already with Mark Kelly. Yeah. Uh, earliest, uh, probably ever for a, an incumbent. Uh, he, like Biden, significantly underwater with the American people, certainly, uh, here in Arizona. Seth, so we have traveled over 1200 miles a week, uh, last 11 and a half months, really have a real strong understanding of what the people of Arizona are looking for. Good. That's what I intend to deliver to them. Uh, we are very strong on border and many other issues I hope we get a chance to talk about. Yeah, I'd love to.
1: I'd love to. Do me a favor. I've done this with you before, but let's do it again because it's been a while since you and I chatted with the audience. Tell the audience, for those that may not know about you, a little bit about your background and what made you decide to uh, throw your hat into the ring for U.S. Senate.
2: Sure, Seth. Uh, Arizona native, uh, excuse me, uh, resident for 13 (laughs) uh, years, five Texas before that, North Carolina a few years, uh, Army, military around the world. Grew up in Alabama, humble farm boy. I played a couple of years of outside linebacker for Coach Bryant at Alabama. Yeah. So I certainly know something about uh, taking it to the finish line. And, and leadership, sure that, I would
1: imagine. Wow, what a, what, a, what a person to learn from. Yeah.
2: Teamwork. Uh, we will absolutely do, uh, Seth, what I say we'll do in the Senate based on these policies from the great Coach Bryant. Uh, military, airborne I uh, was six years uh, veteran, served in the Cold War overseas and uh, Germany front lines against uh, the the, the communists, which, of course, coming at us in a different direction this yep. time from communist yep. China. Yep. 30 years private industry, energy industry. As I've told uh, President Trump and McConnell, Rick Scott, those guys, guys, I'm the least arrogant person you're going to meet, <laughs> but as a civil engineer, I know more about energy than anyone on that uh, floor. So... Blessed to have created, uh, created my own company here in Arizona. Eight years uh, we uh, building it. Uh, sold it last year to focus on this full-time, Seth. We were up to almost 2,000 great American jobs we employed all across this beautiful country. We hired veterans first. We had a Buy American policy where the team was incentivized to buy more American. We gave 10% of our net income to the most needy oh, every wow.
1: year. Wow. Wow, nicely done. We're speaking with Jim Lehman, candidate for Senate, jimlaimon.com. He spells his last name L A M O N. Jim, uh, I want to talk to you about your um, expertise in energy. It's uh, it's obviously cropped up as one of the top major issues. But before I do, is it <clears throat> when you go around the state talking <clears throat> and taking questions and answers from audiences, I'm guessing, but you correct me, I'm guessing that's a second Issue or secondary or tertiary, maybe immigration comes up first. But you know, what, what does come up first? When what, what have you found Arizonans are most concerned about?
2: So you're absolutely right. Uh, border control. Uh, you know, it's it'd be nice to call it immigration because yeah. we could control that. Uh, this border is out of control, as we know. And we've gotten the the craziest administration ever. You know, Mark Kelly votes 100 percent with Joe Biden and Schumer for open borders He's put out ads saying the opposite, and we've called him on it immediately within 48 hours, putting up ads using his own words and his own votes. He is lying to the people of Arizona, as he did when he ran. The number one issue in the state, 78% of Republicans and persuadable independents call it the number one issue, and it is at 48,000 per week, Seth, coming across the border. I'm blessed to have the endorsement of the National Border Patrol Council, all of those frontline agents, they interviewed every candidate. And they came away uh, endorsing ours. not only South endorsing, they're active on the campaign trail with us because they know, and, and I'm a hands-on guy from building big construction projects, their solutions are the ones that we're working. And that's number one, remain in Mexico policy. Mm-hmm. Number two, finish the wall. Number three, Mandatory e verify four stop the sanctuary cities five get ice back into the mix getting the gangs and illegals out of our country. Seth, I've talked to him about an idea I have is when when we do arrest them, we simply the gangs and the members like that, we send them across the
1: border and they come right back again. Yep. When we, across, when we send them across, when, yes, right. when if, we, if when we send them across, yes, right. If we're not releasing them under some claim of amnesty, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. When we
2: used to send them across. I've got an idea that these folks that are committing these crimes in our country and, and we just send them back over, instead of that, instead of putting them in our our prisons where we got to feed them and house them and things like that, let's go out to the Pacific Ocean. You know those islands that uh, we spent uh, blood and treasure uh, Securing back in World War II, there's a few of those out there that I think they need to go out and do about five years of hard time busting rocks out there, making them into gravel for their food. You know, just get them out of this country. If they're so bad they've illegally crossed and committed crimes, my gosh. We've got to get tough on this, uh, Seth, uh, because without borders, we don't have a country. Uh, Remaining Mexico is the law of the land. The federal judge says it is. Biden, Mark Kelly, totally ignore it. Got to be held accountable. Got to boot him out of there. Give me the opportunity to stand with the endorsers on my campaign. These National Border Patrol guys. We'll get things done.
1: Uh, let, let's let's spend the rest of this segment on this issue, and then let's pick up on energy in the next segment, if I can, Jim. Uh, because as you pointed out, this does seem to be most on the minds of Arizonans. And by the way, the polling bears that out as well. You know, you has you have employed. I don't know how many people have you employed in your lifetime. Tens of thousands of people, no doubt. Um, So, increasingly, I thought we could get past this. Evidently, we can't. Uh, When you talk tough on illegal immigration and the border, as you do, uh, in my view, rightly so, you are not, and I'm sorry we have to do this, but we seem to have to, you, you are not opposed to legal immigration, right?
2: We absolutely have the most beautiful legal immigration system on the planet, Seth. We all came here that way, so absolutely, I am for that. It should be looked at for the skill sets we need, plus those that you know have, have stood in line all this time and done the right thing, Seth. You know, I see those beautiful people all the time here in Arizona. Because me being here 13 years, I ask people to show of hands. Who's been here longer than 13? Usually only about a third. And so they've moved here as a freedom state. Mm-hmm. People who are immigrants come here People from, of course, uh, been here several generations. Arizona is known as a, as a state where we get a little bit of an independent freak yep. out here. and yep. People really love it. Immigration yep. Immigration's a great thing, but this jumping in line at the grocery store, we don't put up with it. Nope. Ladies are waiting in line at the ladies' room at the halftime at ASU football game. They don't put up with some lady jumping in front. We can't do that in our immigration system.
1: Jim, uh, one one more question on this, because uh, this is a personal issue uh, to me, uh, personal in the sense that I've just spent a lot of time on it, you know. Everything you said about our getting control of our border is true, but also saving the lives of Americans. You know, these numbers we're now seeing from drug overdose deaths, uh, numbers that I never thought we'd see in this country, over 100,000. You know, fentanyl overdose is now the leading cause of death for Americans 18 to 45. That's an amazing thing to say. Fentanyl is the leading fentanyl overdose, the leading cause of death between the, uh, for those between 18 and 45 young adults almost all of it, almost all of it comes through that border. This is a public health issue as much uh, as it is anything else, isn't it, Jim?
2: So if it is, and this is intentional, Biden, Kelly, Harris, this gang of Marxists that we have running the administration today and serving in the U.S. Senate from Arizona, just like Afghanistan, that debacle of a withdrawal was to humiliate America and our service, Mm -hmm. men and women, Mm -hmm. the same on the border. This is intentional. The border agents are told to totally stand down. I've been there, Seth, a dozen times, Brandon Judd, who stands tall, supporting, you know, in charge of the the union. There with the 21,000 members. We go down often. Seth, we have Russian military age males, Cuban, Congo, Venezuela. For the listeners, please understand, folks. This is not a humanitarian issue. This is an invasion intentionally orchestrated by the far-left globalist elite, of which Mark Kelly is a charter member, opening our borders to bring down this country.
1: Uh, Jim Lehman is our guest. You'll stay with us one more segment, sir. We have to take a quick commercial break. You can learn more about him or help him out if you would like at jimlayman.com. That's Jim, L-A-M-O-N. When we come back, Jim, I'd love to talk to you about energy. Uh, As you said, you know, you have spent your professional career in that field, not only uh, creating jobs, but, uh, you know, creating economic growth. Let's talk about that when we come right back. I'm Seth Leapson. He's candidate for U.S. Senate. Jim Lehman. And we will be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show. Jim Lehman is our guest. He is a candidate for U.S. Senate. JimLayman.com, L-A-M-O-N is how he spells his last name. Sir, you were talking um, a bit about in the previous segment just some of your experience. It's been a lot of it in the energy field. Uh, Talk to us a little bit about that because that's got to be at least a secondary or third what, tertiary concern for most Arizonans, most Americans right now, the energy crisis we're going through. Who who knew we'd be going through one again? Talk to us a little bit about that, whether it's from the perspective of your background or your education or your pro- policies. Feel free to talk to us about that, sir.
2: Seth, 30 years uh, building companies uh, in this beautiful country, Fortune 500 uh, executive engineer. By the way, there's only one other engineer in the U.S. Senate. We have I think uh, almost everyone I meet, Seth, would agree that we need many less lawyers, we <laughs> need many less politicians yeah, right. yeah. in the Senate. And I am not either, right? I'm a private citizen. I am a businessman, a veteran, and an engineer. This energy crisis, again, absolutely intentional to choke down the American economy, make China, you know. Better and America worse by Mark Kelly, Joe Biden, and that gang. The Green New Deal has no place in America. You know this imposition onto the American people is a huge tax. I look at our capacity in this country of oil and gas. Self, so there is no way American consumers should be paying more than two dollars a gallon. For diesel or, or any petroleum products, I look at it as a business guy from a metric standpoint, and understanding what it takes to make that happen is what I intend to get busy doing. There, this is not a environmental yes, economy no type of choice. You know, we do this responsibly in America. I've been building big billion dollar coal, gas, solar power plants uh, for over 30 years. We do it responsibly. They all work. They all perform well. They all environmentally conscious uh, plants the movement in our country uh for energy not just independence which biden has destroyed but we could be energy dominant we have that kind of resource base in this uh, country and my goal is moving from independence getting it back to where we were and moving forward beyond that of the amount of jobs that we could create seth is is amazing millions of jobs and by the way, Seth, we need to include mining in this view because if we're going to move more and more to an economy that's technologically based, it is a very large consumer of copper, nickel, those types of elements that we have in our country. Jim. And we have them here in Arizona. And I intend to get the federal government, BLM, Forest Service, EPA, out of the way so we can start using those for good, responsible mining and energy. Uh, here in Arizona, our country.
1: Jim Layman is our guest. Jim, you 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 must confront all the time. Probably for thirty years, you've confronted uh, environmental activists, environmental leftists. Uh, what do you say to them? What can you tell our audience uh, is a good response to them when we agree with your position, which is everything and uh, everything we have we should throw it th- th- throw it making life better for Americans.
2: In one big perspective of the globe. is that America is the cleanest place on the earth to drill, mine, produce, process of any energy or mineral products. China is two and a half to three times dirtier than the U.S. on any metric that you want to use for the processing of, of, of either energy or minerals. Why not put it in the best place, the cleanest place on the planet to do it? We keep the jobs for our kids and our grandkids coming up. We help solve our trade deficit. It makes us strategically independent. Seth, having worked with the EPA, BLM, Forest Service across the table in getting permits for big power plants for 30 years, these guys are filled with Marxists. I say that with absolute certainty because I see what they do to stop perfectly good strong environmental projects that they just want to care for endless delay as a government staffer. They have no inclination to get to the finish line, to get that product into the market for the American people. I intend to call it for what it is, just like you see DeSantis in Florida, Mm -hmm. calling it like it is. I intend to be that person on the Senate floor for the taxpayers and the citizens of Arizona, in part, Seth, because... I am not taking lobbyist dollars nor PAC dollars mm-hmm. in this campaign. Mm-hmm. That makes me free to be owned by no one. I am loyal to the taxpayer citizens of Arizona in this country, not to lobbyists and environmentalists that uh- have gone just too far.
1: We'll have you back, Jim, to talk about other issues and, and even more of these in depth. More in depth. Tell me. Um, we have about a minute or so left. Tell me about the state of the race right now. Mark Kelly is he? Um, he's he's obviously beatable. The Democrats are obviously nervous because they're pumping a lot of money uh, into that race. But it's you know it's 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 it would be it's not always the easiest to out to oust an incumbent. What does the state of the race look like to you right now? And I know it's early, but right. Right now, how does it look?
2: Getting uh, not so early, Seth. You know, with only 70 days. That's fair. That's fair. Up. Good point. We're yeah. uh, we're leading in the primary first. We're uh, leading Bernavich by five. We're leading Masters by 15. The other opponents are in the single digits. We're moving rapidly up that uh, finish line to be a very strong uh, advocate of America first against Mark Kelly in our campaign, Seth, from day one, we've run a general election campaign. We've opened eight offices. No one else has more than one. We've now made a quarter of a million phone calls. We've outraised our competitors. We have seven million cash on hand. The other guys combined have a million and a half because we're putting that money to work against Mark Kelly every day. We don't run these ads against Republicans. We go after him every day. Right now, based on the resume that I have against Mark Kelly, when it's polled, one to one, we're up five points over Mark Kelly.
1: Jim Lehman, busy man. Thank you for spending some of your time with us and our audience. We'll have you back, sir. Much appreciated. Again, Jim Layman has been our guest. If you uh, want to learn more about his campaign, candidacy, or help it out, it's jimlayman.com, J-I-M-L-A-M-O-N.com. I'm Seth Liebson, open line 6025080960, anything you got? That's why we're here. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Liebson Show, portions of which are brought to you by Balance of Nature, the good folks at Balance of Nature. They are good folks because not only are they obviously supportive of our right to communicate the way they advertise on this show and obviously on other conservative outlets, but also a neat project they're engaged in right now to help promote the teaching of American history and the appreciation of it. We'll talk more about that. Meantime, their product, their fruits and veggies, I take... Every day, 100% natural using vine-ripened produce that is third-party tested for bacteria, pesticides, heavy metals, you name it. Balance of Nature fruits and veggies are gluten-free, non-GMO, and contain no added vitamins or other chemicals. Boost your immunity, boost your health generally, keep your energy up. Check out the fruits and veggies at Balance of Nature. Balanceofnature.com. Make sure to use discount code Balance. 6025080960 6025080960 is my number, and Tony is in Scottsdale. Hello, Tony.
3: Hey, uh, Seth, I haven't talked to you for a while. How have you been?
1: I've been just fine, sir. How long's it been for you? How are you?
3: Uh, about, about six months, I apologize. Uh, <laughs> uh, work's been busy. <laughs> I hey,
1: like uh, to hear it. That's wanted, a good I, reason. I, that is a good re- I like the American people being industrious. Right. I got to tell so, you, uh, I, I, did, I, I, I did the most popular monologue I did based on requests for copies of it. The most popular monologue I've done in several years was a monologue on the ethic of and value of work. And it was done in the context of um, early on in the uh, 2020 uh, shutdowns. Uh, maybe I should resurrect it at some point. But anyway, my point about industriousness is all I was trying to make, Tony. Well, I love that I, I love I, I, you're busy. I, I
3: would I, I would love to hear it. Uh, you know, I, I'm a big, I'm a big believer in work. I think that I think that working eight to ten hours a day cures all kinds of ills of just about anybody.
1: I'll tell you but, uh, what uh, a big anyway. what a big problem it is in the society for people, particularly uh, able-bodied working-age men, not working. That is a recipe. That is a room for disaster. I'll just say that.
3: Absolutely. So I just got out of work, and I heard I caught the tail end of Jim Lehman's yeah. interview with you. And so I just wanted to say thank you very much for doing that. I man, I was really impressed with that guy. I, I, I you know, as in like most candidates, I love the fact that he had another life, that he was an engineer and uh, building, building power plants, etc. I just, to me as a candidate, that is just so impressive. I love candidates that have. You know, have not spent their life in politics. I, I anyway, long story short, I'm I, I, I think I'm probably going to try and get some work done for that candidate. I was really impressed with him. I kind of wanted to know what you thought.
1: Uh, Tony, I'll tell you what I think. Uh, thanks for asking. Thanks for your call. Thanks for the compliments. Um, I have uh, I have moderated a, a few of these uh, Senate candidate debates, and uh, here's what I here here's I think the best thing I've heard said. Um, I was at an interview. I was at a debate. I was moderating amongst these candidates uh, a few months back, and someone in the audience uh, who I know is a uh, is a Republican, but probably what, what this person would probably describe themselves as a moderate Republican. Uh, probably their ideal is something like a George H. W. Bush, sure Reagan, but you know George H. W. Bush, that kind of person. You you know the type I'm talking about,
3: right, 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 right. Per- perfectly, yeah.
1: perfectly reasonable and, and 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 respect respectable position. Um, and and the the debate, you know, uh, with all these uh, with all these candidates, you know what this person said? It was a remarkable comment, and I think incisive. Said. um... Well, now I know why Martha McSally lost. And I said, well, what do you mean? And this person said, it's so one of those great people can take that seat and own it. Because that is such a degree better than what we've been offered. Uh, It is an embarrassment of riches to some, uh, the level of quality of these candidates. And uh, if I do one thing uh, going into uh, the primary season it 's uh, going to be uh, the best I can do to expose all of them uh, as much as I can they they um, uh, to you. I have found each and every one of them uh, to be impressive. I have a few thoughts as to who you know in the animal farm world of things is the most impressive i haven 't made an endorsement official in that race. I may do so. But Tony, uh, it is. Uh, I'll go back to that. Uh, I'll go back to that. An embarrassment of riches. Not one of these people. Right, well, then, not one of these people is a bad okay. interviewer. A bad, a bad candidate. Not one.
3: Well, that 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 is very encouraging, and I'm glad to hear
1: it, Seth. Thank you, Tony. I appreciate your uh, your shot of adrenaline to the show as well. Uh, keep busy, but uh, don't be a stranger. As a friend of my dad said when I was off to college, take it easy, but take it. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. 602-508-0960. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. What if I could tell you you could do well by doing good? What if you could invest in a secure and collateralized portfolio earn exceptional fixed returns and actually help other people? What other people? Americans who are drowning in private student loan debt, defaulted private student loans. Why refi helps these people out big time. But that's just the beginning through their process. Borrowers see other things as well. Good things like serious FICO credit score recovery. And you can be part. Of that on the other end, where you can help them but also make money doing so. Get a great investment return by helping Y Refi help them. I take these kinds of investment endorsements super seriously. So let me just tell you I know the people at Y Refi, the good people, and they are good people. They're here based in Scottsdale. You can visit them, but check them out online at investyrefi.com. That's invest the letter Y, then R-E-F-Y dot com. Refi is in the business of helping people that others won't and you can be too. Invest Refi dot com or give them a call at 855-316-3087. I want to say something. I don't often do this, but maybe once in a while. Uh, I want to say something about something I just said in the previous segment about a moderate Republican Uh the kind of person that likes uh, George H.W. Bush and Ronald Reagan, and that might have sounded odd to some uh, when I mentioned Ronald Reagan Uh, because, yeah, people understand George H.W. Bush is a different kind of Republican, obviously, than Ronald Reagan. But that's, that's the interesting thing about American politics, ideology, and recent history, isn't it? Ronald Reagan has become, to so many since his passing, considered to be a moderate. In his time, he was considered to be a right winger. He was even considered to be a racist and bigot because and by dint of being a conservative and a right winger who campaigned against and governed on issues from welfare reform to the life issue to a muscular and robust foreign policy that was a departure From the kind of foreign policy George H.W. Bush represented, obviously the tax cuts, which George H.W. Bush, to remind, uh, dismissed as voodoo economics in the 1980 campaign and in the primary. Ronald Reagan didn't even have the initial support of old friends of his who represented conservative intellectual uh, leadership, Bill Buckley. Uh, it took him a while to get – even though he was friends with Ronald Reagan, it took him a while to get on board. He was initially a Bush man. George Will, who was a good friend of Reagan's, was believe it or not initially a Howard Baker man. Do people remember that name? But Ronald Reagan <clears throat> obviously did it all uh, by by offering, as in his own words, uh, not pastels but bold colors and now is considered to be kind of part of that Republican Party people love to say they miss – Because somehow, you know, somehow being uh, pro-tax cut, uh, pro-economic growth, uh, pro-life, pro-welfare reform, uh, pro-growth, pro-supportive of democracy abroad, anti-communism, anti-tyranny, what am I missing, Uh, pro-securing of our borders, somehow that, somehow that today... Isn't what Ronald Reagan stood for, I guess, in the liberal dream palace or in the moderate dream palace that wants to um, wants to get on board with nostalgia or have people forget just what Ronald Reagan actually stood for. You see this from the left in the media as much as you see it, I have to say, from some of our conservative friends, particularly in the, you know, thought. Uh, intellectual and writing classes. There are these new – you've probably read about some of these new movements within the conservative movement that are coming on board. The one that's most written about lately is the movement of national conservatism, sometimes called NAT, cons, N-A-T-Cons. Vanity Fair just did a huge profile of a national uh, conservative conference that the author attended – I knew more about it before the piece than after, I have to tell you. I always find it really interesting when liberals who don't understand any version of conservatism try and do a deep dive into, uh, into, into elements of conservatism or abstruse elements, not abstruse, maybe new avant-garde or specific elements of conservatism. I always find it amusing because they miss it totally. They don't know what a forest is. So how can they describe a tree? That's, I guess, is how I would think about it. In any event, some of these movements go about saying, and you've probably read this, as I say, go about saying things like, uh, this isn't the Reagan 80s anymore. We have to get past Reagan hero worship or even warmed over uh, Reagan uh, policies. And, you know, the only person who I think think would agree with that as much as the people that say that would probably be Ronald Reagan in the sense that, yeah, I mean, depending on what the issues are, uh, you do have to tailor the messaging. And while immigration is with us today in a way it wasn't, the immigration issue, the border issue is with us today in a way it wasn't in the 1980s. One may ask why that was. Why wasn't it a problem? Has anyone said that? Has anyone talked about that? Has anyone said, well, maybe it's because we had an administration and an ethos here that actually wanted to keep Americans safe, that actually believed in the sovereignty of this country, that actually didn't worship at the altar of the United Nations. So, yeah, you would have – obviously you can adopt to the issues that are here, but you might also want to look back – just a thought – as to why those may not have been issues then, and they might not have been issues then because the leadership didn't allow them to become issues, and it didn't allow them to become issues because they need not have been with your entire or better conservative Weltanschauung or worldview, if you will. Um, and you can do this with other issues, but a lot of them are still with us, and I don't know – why, if your concern is constitutionalist judges or a constitutionalist judiciary, a view of constitutionalism, I don't know if your view of America first is what motivates you more than anything else or independence, sovereignty, you name it. All of these things, all of these things were well embraced and well um, done, I think, by Ronald Reagan. So I don't, I don't, I don't think we have to make a fetish – out of taking Ronald Reagan down from our own side as we explore new angles and new meanings to what the conservative movement should stand for or be about today. And as I say, that's something Ronald Reagan, too, would agree with. To wit, yeah, what he spoke about in his big speech in 1964 on behalf of Barry Goldwater at the time for choosing speech, there were some specifics in there, you bet. More, though, it was a worldview. And once you have a world view, excuse me, once you have a consistent world view, no issue is a surprise to you, no issue is really new to you, and you don't have to weave and bob and try and please different elements of the party, not when you know what you stand for and when it's well thought out. So anyway, just a thought on what it means for Ronald Reagan to be a moderate. There's another element, too which is the success of his presidency. The success of his presidency builds a consensus kind of politics in this country that, if it was undone, weirdly enough, might have been undone by his successor. Just a thought. I'm Seth. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leap's show. Just over the break, I I was reminded when I was thinking about Ronald Reagan's successful presidency uh, and whether it would create a consensus or not, you know it's interesting what it means to be an outsider and then if an outsider running for office uh becomes elected particularly if it's the presidency of the united states to the presidency of the united states are they you know at what point are they allowed to be considered no longer uh an outsider no longer um you know no longer anything but the consensus and maybe in a certain respect um In a certain respect, the dominant, if not the elite of the party, they are allowed to be so to the degree that the party allows them to be so. Um, Reagan represented at the end of the day what I think was the middle of the road because of his success. People talk about shifting over tin windows. I've never got involved in that discussion because I think it's way too simplifying I think it's an oversimplification of our politics when we talk about shifting the Overton window. But think about what people who are successful in the White House do. Franklin Roosevelt, obviously hugely successful, and the New Deal changed American politics forever. That's how successful – uh, that was Abraham Lincoln was so successful. I'm, I'm working off memory off something Harry Jaffa once said Abraham Lincoln so hugely successful that he encrusted for 100 years such things as the African-American community or the black community affiliating with the Republican Party until the left got smart about how to weaponize that for their own benefit against us. Uh, you know, we we should think about, yeah, if you like outsiders, fine. If you like challengers to the establishment, fine. But think about this. Once they get there, are we doing everything we can to make sure they become the middle of the road? And I think with the kind of candidates we have on this show and perhaps and perchance the kind of candidates that we'll look for in uh, two more years from now, we have a unique ability in the conservative movement like Very few other times in our history, very few, 1980 might have been the only last one to change American politics and create a new middle of the road here. Just a thought. We'll be right back.